Hi, I'm Susan Foch, and when I was 18 years old, I launched a national nonprofit organization out of my freshman college dorm room. Now, with almost a decade of experience under my belt, I'm here to teach you my tried and true tips and tricks for running your own nonprofit or social enterprise and how to build it from the ground up. You're listening to this podcast because you're ready to make a difference in this world. I see you, I hear you, and I'm ready to help you. Now let's make an impact together. You're listening to the Make an Impact podcast, episode 50. Wow, 50, you guys. That's awesome and super exciting. And it's always like those little moments and little milestones that really make you sit back and go, wow, okay, we're really, we're doing something. We're making something here. It's very exciting. Um, I would like to start this episode with a quick announcement. Uh, If you are new around here, hey, hi, hello. Uh, My name is Susan Foch and I am the founder and CEO of a national nonprofit organization called Operation Not Alone, which has been moderately busy lately, I would say, uh, which is very exciting, but always, I think the perpetual, like, you know, CEO part is always wanting, wanting to do more and stretching for more and impact more people. Um, but we also have a, a social enterprise branch off of the nonprofit, which is called the Ona Boutique, which has a really fun line, uh, well, two lines of empowering um, teas and gold bar necklaces. My vice president, Mackenzie, and I I really thought encapsulated what Operation Alone was really about on the back end and who we were as people running it. And also, um, you know, the people that we want to serve and people in this podcast arena and all of that fun stuff. So one is clearly the Make an Impact line. The other is called the Futures Female line. Um, We are officially sold out of all gold bar necklaces for both of those lines, which is super exciting from a business owner standpoint. Um, But we still have all of our really nice decorative tees for that. And I do have to say, like, they are really, really nice tees. They are, like, super, super soft material. Material, um, the especially for the make an impact, like the metallic gold that's on them is a really nice like shine pop, um, really fun line I think for for both items. And in honor of Mother's Day, which is this upcoming Sunday, if you forgot and you needed a warning, this was your warning that Mother's Day is next week. So for the entire week, I actually discounted the entire site forty seven percent off. And if you go back to episode forty seven, you'll know why. Um, just kidding. It's just that it's my favorite number. <laughs> it's always been my lucky number. So I decided to discount the entire store 47%. So you can get your mom something really nice, really touching for Mother's Day, you know, something that really shows her the future is female, you know, if that is something that real really aligns with her, um, or one of the make an impact tees to show the impact that she has made on your life. Uh, we have both a black and gold and a white and gold. Both are very fun. Both are very cute. My mother does have a black and gold make an impact tee and a make an impact like gold bar necklace. Uh, she wears them quite often, but also absolutely hates being photographed. So I wish I could use that photo for like store promotion. Um, She just hates it. And I have to respect that. Trust that my mom does wear it. (laughs) She just doesn't like having her picture taken. Um, Either way. So if you go to the ONA boutique.com the entire week, everything is 47% off. I will absolutely make sure that all orders are sent out over, um, 
you know, within 24 hours, you will have everything that you need. Um, I may or may not also feel a little fun. I might throw, I might throw a Heroes Blend from Door County Coffee in there. Maybe I'll throw in some, maybe I'll throw in some fun things. You never know. You never know. So that is my big announcement to start this episode with. Make sure that if you are preparing for Mother's Day, you go to theonaboutique.com. Everything is 47% off. And I should mention, so the social enterprise part of it means that a percentage of our proceeds do all funnel back to Operation on a Loan. So that is the really fun part about having social enterprises. It's why the other half of this podcast, you know, we talk about nonprofits a lot, obviously, and even today's topic is fully about nonprofits. But it's a it's about nonprofits and social enterprises. And for this reason, it's a great for-profit model that funnels, you know, extra funding into nonprofit organizations. So Real bit, real big fan of the social enterprise over here. Anyway, now on to today's main topic. I want to talk about nonprofits that have a 100% model uh, and those maybe like aspiring founders who want to run an organization that is the 100% model for a nonprofit. Well, what does that mean? If you are like new to the nonprofit realm, if you somehow clicked on this episode uh, by accident, by discovery, by something new, uh, let me explain it to you. So a 100% model entails that when a donation comes in, 100% of that donation is put back into the cause or the mission or the services that you are providing as an organization. Um, It's I would say that it's uh, it's controversial because, first of all, that's really hard. Like, that's so hard. Can you think of any other business in your life ever that could function off of a 100% model, like 100% profit, 100%? Yeah, it's just, it's just wild. So the idea being, again, that when someone gives you a donation, let's go ahead and say that it's it's $1,000 just because I like using round even numbers for my examples on this podcast, um, to operation on a loan. So if we were a 100% model organization, that would mean that all thousand, all 1,000 of those dollars went somewhere for uh, services, maybe for care packages, maybe we split it up and like a little bit of it went to, um, you know, pay for some Girl Scout patches. And then, but like all, this, all of the steps that have to go in there, right? So the literal patch itself, um, which we buy in a high bulk, so it's usually about 95 cents a patch. Um, and then... When a girl, when a girl earns that patch and we send it to her, um, now, so my partner Mackenzie, who is the one who is like our Girl Scout patch extraordinaire maestro, whatever you want to call her, uh, who's out in Buffalo, New York. So she will write a little note like on a piece of Ona stationery, congratulating her on her patch, stick the patch in the card, put it in an envelope you know, smack a stamp on it, mail it off. Well, all those small things cost money, right? So the patch itself, like I said, in the bulk order that we do is about 95 cents, uh, you know, but the, the piece of stationery, the envelope, the stamp, all those things cost money. So I think altogether, honestly, I mean, it's very cheap. You could put it at, I don't know, maybe $3 if I round up if you every time that we send out one of those patches. Again, a cost that we totally absorb so that it's not a financial burden on any of the Girl Scout troops or families or troop leaders um, and something that we just enjoy because we're so excited that girls will come to us and use our package and use our program and, and put that goodness out into the world. And so we're happy to do that. To us, that means like 
all 100% goes to all of the pieces it takes to put that out from start to finish. Now, some organizations would classify things like the stamp, you know, that goes on the envelope to, to get it out the door would maybe be considered overhead. I wouldn't in this case because, you know, for me, it's like to get that Girl Scout patch to that Girl Scout, well, I need to take it from point A to point B, which is from our, well, I guess from our imaginations in our mind because <laughs> we had to design it and then order it, you know, find the right distributor, get the whole thing, and then get it to her. And the one thing stopping us from getting it from our hand to her hand is an envelope and a stamp, right? So I wrap all that up in the services from that definition. I think where, you know, things like stamps or pen and paper, all that kind of stuff would fit into overhead is if it was for more like general stuff, or maybe if you're like a little bit older of an organization, it's like fundraising letters, uh, you know, maybe like asking for donations every quarter, every month, you know, however you do it. So Things like stamps and stationery can really definitely depend on what the use is for. And that can totally be how like you want to classify that in your accounting, in your books. But here's the thing. So a 100% model would also say that all the other pieces that make up how the organization is running and how people can find you and access your services would not be a part of that $1,000 donation. And when I say that, I mean, people would like to think that, you know, the the website that we run, which is, by the way, what houses the Girl Scout patch, well, all of our programs can be accessed on there and forms can be filled out and all that kind of fun stuff. But like the patch itself is housed on our website. People can download the the packet and the booklet, um, do everything right from there. Well, the website costs money, right? Like the domain name, the maintenance of it, like, you know, every year, like you pay that fee. In order to have a bank account in general, uh, there are usually some sort of, you know, banking fee, maintenance fee. Again, I use for operational loan a credit union because that's usually also a nonprofit organization in a bank setup and the cheapest that you can do, um, you know, there, I think credit unions when it comes to nonprofits are way far and above the better option than traditional banks. And I think I, I talked about that in a past episode and setting up your financials for a nonprofit. Like there's, there's email correspondence that you're doing between the troop leaders and the moms and the, you know, people who are submitting care package and cheer package nominations and all of these things. Well, for that, uh, I believe Mackenzie and I are, have, I think just Mackenzie and I so far have purchased, you know, official emails through our website and through G Suite, which is through Gmail. Um, so that she and I have Susan at operationalone.net and then there's Mackenzie at operationalone.net. Well, those fancier emails so that it doesn't look like a Gmail so that we can establish more credibility, like those things all cost money. All those small things that still are a part of how we can get, again, our services to the people that they need are all a part. They all cost money. The world costs money. Money makes the world go round, which like, it's just an unfortunate truth of the world that we live in, right? But so a 100% model organization would say, if you give us $1,000, we will only put that $1,000 towards the actual Girl Scout patch and everything that we need, you know, surrounding the direct patch, but we're not going to use it towards maybe uh, renewing that website domain name or the person that, you know, helped us put the site together or when we go through a rebrand this summer, which we will, by the way, if that's in your wheel house and you think working on the operational loan website would be super fun you hit me up you let me know 
that would be super great for all of us. So as a 100% model organization, that means that you're not going to use the funds for any of that overhead stuff. And I'm not even talking about salaries at this point and how, you know, you'd pay yourself or pay your people. I'm just even talking about, you know, covering your, your fees and all of your other expenses that a nonprofit and a business need to run, but aren't necessarily directly involved with the actual services. And here's the thing. I think that it is so noble and it is so wonderful when someone wants to have a 100% model organization. Um, you know, Operation Alone has operated like that for a really long time and in full transparency, like we're in the stages of starting to change that and, and morph it a little bit more haven't found totally the right answer of exactly what it is that we're going to do quite yet. But we've really recognized how much it's not fully possible to really run the way that we're currently running and grow and expand at the rate that we are and dream of, which really is the catch, right? So because you still have to find the money to cover those expenses from somewhere else. Where you find that money totally up to you. Not sure. Um, that's really fully, you know, like, do you have kind of an, an angel donor who will come in and give you money for those certain things? Are you paying for that out of pocket? Um, are you being really honest and upfront with certain donors? And you're like, hey, I really need, you know, $500 to, you know, buy the rights to our domain name and, you know, save that, that URL and start up our website and do whatever and pay WordPress or Weebly or Wix or whatever. Uh, like that fee to, to, you know, make it your site, whatever it is, you could do all of those things. That's totally up to you and how you want to do it. But here's the thing. So if you want to actually stay a 100% model, I believe that there are two ways that it can be done uh, because it is possible, but I am going to say this now, it's really hard. It's a lot harder. And honestly, running a nonprofit, running a business already is hard, is hard enough. Okay. It's hard enough. But there are two ways that I think it can be done. Number one, if you want it to be, you know, if you want it to be a real nonprofit, like a really big, important, growing, scaling, thriving, uh, really impactful and making impact on other, you know, people or animals or the environment's lives, at a really large scale, I think it's totally possible if you want to operate kind of, if you want to operate like a charity water. And I know I also reference charity water like a thousand times uh, just because I think that they are a really model organization for a lot of things. I think everyone in the nonprofit world models them for a lot. And if you haven't read Scott Harrison, who's the founder, um, his book Thirst yet, do it. Highly recommend. I think I've listened to the audiobook version of it like three times all the way through at this point because uh, I always find like something new that I'm inspired by. He decided that he wanted to run a 100% model organization from the get-go and he did something very unique and again it's very very hard to operate like this. They have definitely made it work and they're one of the largest organizations in the world and they make amazing phenomenal impact. So they... Uh, he opened up two bank accounts when he opened up and was getting ready for his nonprofit. One way I think is really great and really helpful and possible to run like this, because obviously at some point, like he still knew he needed to pay his people, like including himself, like he needed to pay rent. He was living in New York City. Uh, you know, people 
like that was like eventually he knew like that was gonna have to be a thing um but he didn't want any of you know his donated dollars that he was bringing in going to things like a website like marketing costs like marketing and advertising like legal fees you know any of the other things that he was doing he didn't want donations going there he just wanted it going to finding clean water and establishing clean water and these wells and other countries around the world. So he set up two bank accounts. Now here's the thing. And one was going to be for the mission and one was going to be for overhead. So all overhead costs were going to come out of that bank account. So any fees, any legal fees, paying an accountant, paying uh, a website, liability insurance, salaries, all that fun stuff all came out of there. And here's the thing from an integrity standpoint and an ethics standpoint, it, fantastic. You know, you are, it's a lot more work minimum even just to run the two different bank accounts, especially I think from accounting perspective, like you're doing two sets of audits, you're balancing two sets of books, but in terms of ethics and integrity, obviously way better, way more ironclad, Loctite, super fantastic, totally game for that kind of method. But the harder part, aside from just like balancing two sets of books, is the fact that that's now two sets of fundraising you have to do. You're not just fundraising for the mission so you can do the things that lights your soul on fire and is aligning with your passion and your mission as a human being. That's not all you're doing anymore. Oh, no, no. Now, now you have to fundraise twice. Now you're fundraising also. And the harder fundraising is, hey, um, I mean, I've talked about this, I think, at nauseum, you know, the amount of people who ask, like, what percentage of my donation goes to the cause versus overhead? How much are you actually taking for? And people are always referencing salaries when they say overhead, like overhead is a really large, you know, all encompassing word, but they really are asking about salaries. And to that, I would say, you know, now you're having to ask people directly, (laughs) Can you please fund the ability for us to keep the lights on in this building and pay our utilities and pay the rent on their office and and pay salaries and do all these things? That is so much harder. It's much more direct. And yeah, a lot of people were like, oh, I'm, you know, I think in a way, like a lot of people appreciated the idea that they were being asked under the 100% like pretense of paying salaries, paying bills, keeping the lights on. I think people really appreciate that level of honesty, but so much harder that you are now fundraising twice and you are getting people to buy into your organization twice. He talks a lot about in the book that, you know, for many years, there were people, there were times that it was like, almost they almost had to close their doors by doing that. And they had like close to, I think it was like $800,000 in their mission bank account, but the overhead account was dry. It was done. Like he was not able to pay salaries. I think a couple times he even was like late on payroll, if I'm remembering that correctly. If I'm not, someone please fact check me. But it's really hard to do those two sets of fundraising, especially when the other set of fundraising is not attractive. Like that is not like sexy fundraising. You're not even pulling at people's heartstrings. You're not showing them really cute pictures. You're not even showing them transformative pictures. You can't even shove a puppy in their face for those kinds of things. That is just saying like, can you please help me keep the lights on? And for a lot of people who may also be struggling to keep their own lights on, sure shit ain't gonna help you with your organization to do that. It's really hard to do. They've obviously proved that it is possible to do, totally have proven that it is possible. 
But in a long-term, you know, standing effect, it's going to be way harder. It's going to be so much harder to run two sets of fundraising and then the two sets of bank accounts and everything to go with it. But if you want to really commit to a 100% model, it's a way to go. The other way that you can do a 100% model is to be a bit like an operation not alone, which again, I'm being super honest and transparent, like that is in the process of changing. You know, and I think that that's just a really big part of like the general growing pains that we're having as a really small organization with really big dreams of so much bigger impact and not really knowing where to go quite yet and how to really get there at the rate and the velocity and the scale that we want to. Uh, And for honestly, I think when I look at our organization and the amazing, amazing team that we have, you know, working with us and volunteers that are excited to be a part, you know, of everything with us, I think I think that there's just one really good reason why we aren't able to do anything at the scale and the rate in which we want to do it. And it's because we have operated under this 100% model for eight years now. And that means that it is no one's, myself included, like full-time focus it is no one's full, like no one is going at operation alone at full speed. And please trust me and understand when I say like as a founder and as someone who wears that CEO title, sometimes like it's really hard when you're not able to put full steam towards the thing that is making that just lights your heart up and lights your soul on fire that you know that you are placed on this earth to do this mission and to do this work. I often feel really guilty and am really bogged down at the fact that, you know, a lot of times I feel like I don't deserve like that CEO title that I'm not working hard enough or dedicated enough towards it because myself and everyone else on my team, like we all have full-time jobs. Like Operation Alone does not pay our bills. Like it does not pay rent. It does not pay student loans. It does not pay anything like that. So we all have full-time jobs like and side hustles and little extra things that we do, you know, and, and some, of, some of our team is still in school. Like it's so hard, but because we've committed to that model and therefore we also don't fundraise at the, you know, level that would be able to allow us to also pay salaries and do these things out. Like it's no one's full-time obligation And therefore, it's no one's full-time focus. Like, we're not even able to run at full steam. It just, it feels like maybe like a set of horses um, that's just carrying, like, carrying stuff like a pack mule. (laughs) Um, It's hard because you just, you can't run at full speed because, like, your day is, and even, again, even for myself, like, I have a full-time job and I I do enjoy my full-time job, and but it's really out of necessity. It's out of necessity for the fact that like I have a student loan, I've got car loans, we've got we've got lives that we have to pay for. Um, so you have that. I also have a couple other side hustles. I have other things that I absolutely love doing, which are things like nonprofit consulting and helping other people, you know, launch and grow their organizations, this podcast, all the things that I absolutely love, but it 
it does take some of that focus away from operation alone. And I feel riddled with guilt about that all the time. And I find myself a lot of times, um, operation alone, our whole team will meet every, um, every other week we have biweekly standing meetings, just of catching up where we are in projects, status reports, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and it's also just a great time because I, I would like to think, <laughs> and I, I really believe, I, I believe this and I hope to believe this, that all of our team really genuinely enjoys each other. So it's fun. It's definitely super fun. But like, I find myself lately a lot of times apologizing to them that I don't feel like I'm the CEO that they deserve. I feel like I'm not leading this organization in a way that it deserves to be led. And that's because like, it doesn't pay my bills. And that's a really hard push and pull that we go with. And I'll never forget having a conversation in the summer with our team, meaning like last summer. So I think it was like August, maybe it was, maybe it was early September. And we were talking about it was our preliminary conversation of whether we should change our compensation model and if we should start compensating people. And if we did, like, what would that look like? And I will never forget our two, like two of our team members that said, this is, you know, this is part of growth. This is part of those growing pains. If we really want to blow like Operation Alone, you know, blow the roof off of it, blow it out of the water, knock its socks off, whatever you, however you want to say that, um, we have to be also thinking bigger and acting bigger. And a lot of times for that, you know, these bigger organizations, like that's, that's how they run too. (laughs) Um, You know, no one is really able to do anything for free like this. And it is a great and I think very noble way. And we've all worn that badge really proudly on our chest for a long time. But it also, it's not sustainable. It's not a long-term thing. Unless we all, and this was the second comment that that she said was, unless we all decide to keep playing small. And if we want to keep playing small forever, that's fine. And we can keep this all part-time. No one has to take compensation. We will all just keep our other full-time jobs. And Operation Alone will never see the full potential and capacity that it could be because we're not able to dedicate our time to it the way we've always dreamt and thought. So... And that, that hit me like a ton of bricks, the idea, especially like someone really harshly like holding that mirror up and it's like, we can operate the same way that we're operating right now, just fine, but know that we will always suffer in size and we will never actually feel like we got to take like the weights off of our legs and actually just run. And that's really my answer, friends. It's a harsh ass answer, but so there are two ways that you can, if you really want to be a 100% model of an organization, and by the way, I don't think that we have to. I don't think that they fully have to exist in our society. I think that we've been really conditioned to think that that makes certain nonprofits more superior than others. I don't think that that's (laughs) necessary at all. All. And, you know, if you go back to any of my former episodes where I rant and rave about this, like we do need to be paying and honoring nonprofit employees the way we do for any other industry. It is so backwards the way that we just expect nonprofit people to be these like bleeding heart martyrs who don't have mortgages or rent or pay bills or any of those things. But 
If this is something that you really want to do, I think that it is possible, but just know that it is really hard. And I, I think the way I see it, there's really only two answers, which is that you rock a charity water and you have two different bank accounts and you do two sets of fundraising and two sets of checking all of your books or it stays like a part-time thing forever and you treat your organization and your nonprofit like a side hustle forever and you never really let it get to full steam. Now, here's the thing. I'm not totally knocking that. Like Operation Alone has done amazing things. We have made amazing impact. We have, we, I mean, we've helped thousands of people all across the world. I'm not saying it's not possible to be an impactful, loving, amazing like person and organization, but it's never going to really be at a full steam the way I'm sure you're dreaming of in your head, the way I'm sure it is weighing on your heart. It's just not. But if you're cool with either of those two options, then my sweet friend, you be my guest. But that's how I that's how I see 100% models really going. All right, and it is time for our new favorite segment of the week, which honestly, like two solo episodes, I feel like I've completely blanked on the fact that I even said this was going to be a thing. Super unprofessional on my part. My bad, you guys. Anyway, this nonprofit feature of the week, I'm very excited. It was a submission on the Make an Impact podcast Instagram. Uh, by the way, if you're not following us on Instagram, what you doing, friend? Go on Instagram, follow us at Make an Impact Podcast. You can also follow me at Susan Foch. And if you have a recommendation for the nonprofit shout out of the week, hit me up in my DMs, slide right on in. Uh, like this one, which is from, so this nonprofit is called 1018 Uganda. And they say, obviously their service area is in Uganda. They explain, we serve extremely impoverished youth with our programs, food, clean water, vocational training, and a halfway house for teen moms. Our mission is to work with the Ugandan community organizations to change the culture of extreme poverty, to affect lasting change and empowerment in the communities we serve. We've been working in Uganda for 12 years now, and our website is www.1018.org. And that is 10 like numerically so one zero and then 18 is spelled out so www.1018.org and honestly i love it um even their instagram is super cute i just like looking at the programs looking at what they're able to do in uganda i think is absolutely fantastic so definitely go check them out show them some love and that's it. That's everything. Thank you so much for joining me again today on another episode of the Make an Impact podcast. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I hope that this episode was a little food for thought. It wasn't super fun and lighthearted. It wasn't even super particularly exciting, but I hope that it was food for thought because again, I think that it is possible. And I understand that people who want to run a 100% model organization are doing it so out of the goodness of their hearts. It's going to be challenging, but if you're up to the challenge, those are two ways I think it can work. So good luck to you, sweet friend. And while you're at it, why don't you leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts? What? Did I have to slide it in right at the end there? Of course I did. Yes, I did. Um, I would really appreciate it. It helps so much with the success of the show and people finding the show and more nonprofit and social enterprise goodness and helping to raise more awareness for our nonprofits of the week. So thank you so much for tuning in. Leave a rating and a review and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Make an Impact podcast. If you enjoyed yourself, would you do a little rate, review, subscribe dance? And if you really enjoyed yourself, would you share this on social media so someone else could catch the impact bug? 
Until next time, friend, I can't wait to see what kind of impact you make on your world.